my god why it is i your host zach and i'm here with god <laughs> it is i your other host god Ooh. Ooh. we ghosts now no i i just uh i thought we might harmonize or something because it sounded like we were both setting up you know i did a strong intro you did a strong intro and i figured that we would come in together at, after that well uh, i couldn't have predicted that well that's what i was trying to i just thought that you might feel it yeah no heart to heart oh yeah. yeah i like that idea um, I have one question for you today. Sure. What is love? <laughs> Baby, don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. Yeah. I don't know why that that follows what is love. Um, I think that the premise of the song is because uh, he says, what is love? That's but that's like a the question, question he never yeah. answers, though. Well, okay. So the, the thesis is love is hurt, I think is what he's getting at. He just never says it very so he asks a question, and then he answers his own question. Well, he asks a question. Lyrical genius. And then he he utters a command uh, to his significant other. <laughs> right. He doesn't even answer the question. No, he doesn't answer it. He avoids it. He asks a rhetorical question. As many men do. And then says, don't you dare break my heart. Right. Yeah, that sounds like a man. It's it's assuming a lot. It's <laughs> yeah. assuming. It's really coming from a negative place. Because yeah. it's, it's just asking an innocent question. It's just coming from a place of fear and insecurity. Yeah, I know you're going to hurt me. He's like, what is love? I bet you're cheating on me. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the complicated nature of love. Yeah, because a man becomes vulnerable for a second, and then he's immediately worried about being sabotaged by his partner. Just terrified. Yeah, yeah the worst is going to happen. She I let me. somebody in, and I know they're going to betray me. Yep. Yeah, that's love. It happens. It, it's, <laughs> why is it plagued with such insecurity, God? Well, you know, the, the, the beauty of, of love and, and connection is that you sort of become intertwined. You know, you in your brain, you're building deep-rooted neurological pathways that, that, that are brand new connections. And, you know, when you start separating anything, tearing apart those connections, there's pain involved. People are worried about paying the price really for anything. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is everything comes with a price. But now, there's not a literal physical entwinement. Uh, wherein if the partner were to leave, the other person would be bleeding. No, but you are building new neural pathways in your brain. You're building literal connections. Mm -hmm. New synapses form together because you're creating a relationship with this person. And then ideas that have previously been separated start bonding together. New stories, new memories start being there. The problem with people in love is it feels really good to have that level of connection with people. But anything that feels amazing also comes with a price. Because you care about it so much, it, it has value, and then you don't ever want to lose that thing. But why is the pain necessary to... What is that supposed to warn us against? It's not a warning. It's a, it's a you know, it's, a price, of, it's a price of admission. But in all other circumstances, a pain is a survival tactic. In what way is that a survival tactic for us? No, pain isn't necessarily always a thing about avoiding something. You know, for example, working out. You have to, if you don't experience any pain when you're working out, you didn't do anything. If you didn't put anything on the line, the interesting thing about stuff like working out versus love is so everything has a has a price and a cost, a plus and a minus, sure. if you will. Working out, you're paying up front and receiving the benefit later. When it comes to something like love, first you get the reward and then you pay for it afterwards. Uh, which is backwards to working out. Which is backwards to working out. I pay for out. it first and then I get the reward. Yeah. Have you ever been in love? I mean... I'm in love with the universe. Then yeah. In what way? Well, I'm bound to everything. So I am. I am actually physically, energetically tied to all things. That is how I experience love. So love is an exchange of energy. Love is a deep sense of connection. Okay. That's really it. Because that's why you can love all kinds of stuff. You can love your job. You can love hobbies that you have you can love things you can love objects animals yeah you're deeply connected to whatever that thing is i've learned to love you have you always loved me though well before we became friends doing a podcast i didn't know you and when i didn't know you i didn't love you i really appreciate the fact that you're so honest about it because there are people that say they love me immediately they're like i love the, i love the lord mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I've never talked to them. Well, do you remember... Do we, how do we have a deep sense of connection? No, it's a very remember, one-sided relationship. Case, case in point, you remember when I was 13 mm-hmm. and I got saved, quote-unquote? Yeah. We've talked about this before with my religion where I got... Saved by what, though? Well, by you, purportedly. But the idea was if we let you into our heart, whatever that means. I don't know what that physically means. Well, I'm already there, really. So, no one told me that. Yeah. They said you had to let, I had to let you into my heart. Yeah, I don't really have an option. I'm always in your heart. Well, they gave me this image. Like, a heart, <laughs> my heart was this, like, Mario 64 door. And okay. you had to get to a certain amount of stars to get a key <laughs> to let the Lord in. Yeah. And it was more, and I said, I loved you. And I didn't, I lied. Ooh. I actually sinned more than I did good because I was... I was operating out of fear. Hmm. Well, I will say you didn't actually sin more than you did good. Oh, thank you. Well, really, because you're focusing on the times that you slip up in this very intense world that you were living in. I tend to do that. Yeah. You're not paying attention to all the times that you're just doing good stuff regularly. You you weren't out there, you know, strangling animals or doing anything too intense. What did you, you grabbed an extra cookie when your mom's back was turned? So goodness is relative? Yes. Oh. Yeah. With the things that I've seen, you grabbing an extra cookie is not on par with the genocide of a group of people. Typically, those... Oh, I'm just saying. Typically, they were famous, Amos. If I grabbed an extra cookie, it was not a big deal. It was small. Those were small. Right. And that was my favorite cookie. It still is. And you felt guilty about it, though. Sure. Yeah. I felt guilty about almost... No, I'm not... That's overly dramatic to say almost everything. I felt Mm. guilty about a lot of things that maybe I shouldn't have. Sure. Yeah. But you know what? Today we're talking about love. Obviously, we've been doing that for 10 minutes. We're talking about romance. That's right. Romance yeah. in particular, which is a very specific way to come at love. Yeah. So, first of all, I want to say on the subject of guilt, and then we'll move past this, uh, I am pledging to not feel guilty about being free with my love for people. Now, not necessarily Ooh. romantic love. Mm-hmm. I, ha- you know, there's a time and a place for that. I have a significant other. There's a time and place for it. She likes to get wooed. Sure. Likes to be romance. And I yeah. like to, I like to woo when I can. <laughs> not always capable of it. Sure, sure, yeah. But you're saying? Why you are, saying? are your limbs not working? I don't. Know. When are you not capable of romancing? It's a lot of energy to woo. You have to put a lot of effort into yeah, it. You yeah. have to really think about it actively. Yeah, and sometimes you're just tired. Sometimes Which happens. You're just tired. It's just yeah. some, it's modern. I have so many questions for you. Like, for, for one thing, like, why does that wear off? Why does, um... Why does what wear off? The, typically, like, the, the impetus to want to make big romantic gestures. To woo your partner? Yeah, it's like, it really burns hot. At the beginning of a relationship, and then I think typically yeah. it uh, wears off. Well, it's, the blanket answer is people just get lazy. Uh-huh. You know, but the, the, the more practical answer is, is really this. You've been with someone for a while, and, you know, you've gotten comfortable with them, which also means when there's not so much as at stake, you don't get as much reward out of it anymore. Which means you don't want to invest as much energy. So let's say you're with someone new and you do a really tiny thing like you remember that they like, I don't know, popsicles. That's a bad example, but I'm going to go with it. You remember they like popsicles and, and on your way to pick them up, you pick up a popsicle and they lose their goddamn minds. Right. Wow. They feel so loved and wooed. Mm-hmm. Now you've gotten them a popsicle maybe a hundred times at this point. Yeah. Which means... If you, on your way home, get them a popsicle, they're going to go, thanks. Yeah, that and then that's it. <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. That seems like <laughs> no. it's the same gesture. Right. It's the same gesture, but it loses steam because you've already done it a hundred times. Right. It's and then what you're now talking about is like, okay, well, if I want that losing her goddamn mind moment, God, I'm going to have to do something insane. I'm going to have to buy a Popsicle factory and, right. and put a name on the side of the wall. And You're that costs a lot of money and energy. And trying to maintain this return on investment. It's the yeah. same principle as making sequels and sequels and sequels. Oh, my movies. God. Yeah, absolutely. It just diminishes. There's like a, a slope going down of return on investment. Right. But the problem that happens in long-term relationships with people is 
you have to constantly invest and you have to constantly stay in discovery mode because, you know, just like working out, if you don't do anything, it atrophies. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not feeding that fire in your soul, in your belly that you feel for your partner, yeah, it'll disappear. Right. It'll go through waves, which is also my recommendation for all those lovebirds out there. Take some time apart. That's a big thing that people lose in their relationships as they stop having their own solo identity. Sure. Which means you're no longer the person that your partner fell in love with. That ambitious, you know, can't just call them and get them on the phone whenever I want to. They're doing other things. Right. They're being sexy. They're being strong, confident, powerful. Now you're poisoned with the other person. Well, because they're always available. There's always access. You know each other so well, mm-hmm. and you can get it whatever you want it, and so you don't appreciate it as much. Do you think that's going to happen to you and me? No. I mean, I've done this dance far too many times. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate you. I know that practicing gratitude is the way that you keep something alive. Sure. And I'll also say that, you know, reconnecting with the world now in the year 2020 feels good. Yeah, uh, I mean, physically, in an analog way, certainly. Especially this day and age where you're never sure what love is real because so much is digital and mm. so much is a um, a proxy or a mask, yeah. you know, a, uh, yeah. an avatar. People love to play at love. Yeah. You know, a lot of times the goal for most people in dating is to get the other person to reveal everything while they simultaneously reveal nothing. Ooh. Yeah. That's nefarious and tricky. Yeah, but that's the whole thing, is if you can feel safe and reap the benefits of something, Uh meaning you're not actually paying any cost, and you get all this reward, why wouldn't you do it? Sure. Yeah. That said, I have another question, but I want to put a pin in it until we bring our guest on. Great. So let's talk about our guest a little bit. Yes. Uh, This is a a very, very close friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Uh, His name is Blake Berlin, and he is the guy. The guy. You want to have on when you're talking about love and romance. Sure. He, uh, of all of my friends, he has the best romantic stories. (laughs) Yes. He's Uh, been through, he's been through some things. He's been through some things. He also seeks those things out. He does. Nice. Listen, he's out there falling in love, having adventures. Good for him. And he's also a true romantic at heart. He, mm. I think he will stay forever young because of the way that he looks at love and romance. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I've, never, I've never seen somebody who... I don't know. I, I think I just, I just aspire to his the level of fun that he has. Earnest, true fun you know, good-hearted fun that he has with love and romance. Yeah. All right, well, now it's time for a break. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is Why God Why. This is your host, Zach. I'm here with God, and I'm here with Blake Berlin. How you doing? I am doing sexily. Ooh, what a smoldering how you doing. That's, 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 that's a good place to be for the romance episode, sexily. And literally, that was the only way that I could respond with the way that you just looked at me. Oh, well, sir. We do have, we, do, we, do we you are, guys we want me to leave? Wine. No, you can't. You've already said on <laughs> no, every episode that you can't. It'd be weird because I'd want to leave and then I'd still be in the room. Omniscience. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's even more than omniscience. It's, it's omnipresence and yeah. omni, uh, omnitactiliousness. Can yep. God feel sexily? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel all the things coursing through everybody. Okay. Uh, so, Blake, first of all, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Uh, you are the first person that I think of when I think about romance or romancing. Which I don't know what that says about you, but uh, we're going to go with it. <laughs> it's just that the, I, you, you might be the, the David statue on which I model all of my rudimentary carvings. <laughs> my condolences. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say I did listen to the sex and relationship episode in prep for this because they didn't want to make sure there wasn't any overlap. And <laughs> well, yeah, I mean romance is its own thing, of course. Of you course, two horn dogs. Well, I, 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 I want to endorse your your glow in the dark clit idea. I think that'll be a big seller come Christmas. Great, you know? yeah, I think it'll be a huge hit. I, I think don't so. don't miss it. Yeah, 
I mean... If you do, that's on you. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing everything I can to help you guys out. Uh, yeah. How do you... Uh, if we're t- I just want to touch on this for a little bit because I feel like you probably have a couple stories in you about this, but what's sure. the wackiest thing you've ever done for Valentine's Day? Wackiest thing I've done for Valentine's Day? Well... Wacky being the key word here. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I have like crazy things I've done for dates i will say yeah. well let's hear them i well the, the one that comes to mind usually because thankfully it's the pretty much the best date i've ever been on was i flew to denver once for a night just to take a girl out to dinner mm-hmm. well basically i i sent her flowers saying i'm sick of the women of los angeles i want to take a, a denver girl out to you're dinner. the most special girl in the universe well at, at <laughs> least in denver yeah oh. uh and um I flew there, uh, landed around noon. She picked me up. We rented bikes for about a couple hours and just rode all around the city. Came back. I made reservations at this like little family-owned Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at dinner, she said, "Okay, you flew here and you uh, you're paying for dinner, so I'm gonna I have a surprise for you as well." And then she slides across two tickets to go see you two after dinner. What? Yeah. Yeah. Pepsi Center, man. Talk about return on investment. Tell me about it. Well, that's a huge thing. I mean, that's something a lot of people don't do nowadays is they expect one person to do all the wooing and there's no trade-off. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. You both got to be wooed. I mean, the, the, it, it goes back to guys, what you guys were saying in the uh, opening about you do get to a point where you forget to keep it fresh, you know, between, sure. the, between the two. And I think that... I mean, maybe you can speak more on this because I've never actually lived with somebody that I've dated. Mm-hmm. Do you find that uh, the romance goes out the door when you are uh, attuned to their daily routines and how they get ready for them in the morning and so on and so forth? It's not It's not that that, for me, makes romance go out the door. What makes it go out the door is just the energy that it takes to go about everyday life and mm. to do your do your job and just be really busy and stuff like that. So what I find is it it just really takes active planning and setting aside time that is not going to be encroached upon to do something nice. Uh, this past weekend, we went to a um, little town up in the wine country, Los Alamos. Oh, and nice, nice choice. It was wonderful. Uh, and it, you know, it just, it re-sparks all of, all of that and your connection and everything like that because you've chosen to separate out some time where you're just going to focus on being with the other person. Uh, so, yeah, I think that it's not necessarily that romance flies out the door when you get used to the person. Mm-hmm. It's just that you and that person are now experiencing the drudgery of any kind of you know, repeated activities or something like that. Sure. Well, here, I'll break this down in in as simple a way as possible. Romance is just making your partner, your significant other, the person you're dating, feel important. Feel like you value them and and they are valuable in your your life. Mm -hmm. And that's really all romance is. Every gesture is something that signifies that they mean something to you. Yeah. It doesn't actually cost that much to make someone feel like they're important to you sure you just you know you just have to be willing to sort of stop the train for a second and it and all it takes is you having a moment where you put down your phone for a few hours and you say you are the most important person let's shut the tv off stare into each other's eyes you know and 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 spend time with each other cuddling is a big thing yeah you got you got to set aside time to cuddle not everyone likes to cuddle, though. It's true. Yeah. But I think with something, I think people forget sometimes how powerful something as simple as cuddling can be. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it is a, it's a transference of energy, not to sound too woo-woo about it, but... Well, we're talking about no, wooing. We, yeah, we are talking, talking about, about wooing. But I think that energy is really just the neurons in our brain just remembering, like, oh, this is what this feels like. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's important to take time to... Even if you have to set aside time like a cold, hard business deal, like, we're going to have the cuddle time right now. Yeah. You know? Just, just, you know, just 
look at each other, don't look at each other. Just you know, just feel that feel that warmth. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is you have to know your partner's love language. I mean, that's something that I'm very happy with human beings and the fact that they started recognizing people like being wooed in different ways. Mm-hmm. Not everyone likes flowers. Not everybody likes gifts. That's not the way to some people's heart. Some people just want time. Uh, some people like, you know, you put it as acts of service, meaning like, I feel loved and seen and validated when you do the dishes. When the house is clean. That's something that makes me feel like you value me, mm-hmm. you know, in some way. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake, you've had a lot of different romances over the years. Um, in what ways have you adapted to people's different love languages? Well, how about this? Let's start with, what's your love language, Blake? Mm-hmm. It's it's a bit of a work in progress currently because <laughs> okay I, well I went through my twenties as uh, I think it's fair to say a, a very very slutty twenties you mm-hmm. know yeah you were um, making your way around it, it it wasn't without its very romantic periods but uh, I I I had a thing for thing I had a thing for girls who had a thing for me I think that's mm. a good way to put it you had a thing <laughs> for things being easy yes yes uh, and I think little I, investment. Big reward. Yes. Yeah, sure, and I, uh, shortly after my 29th birthday, I'm 31 now, I was in the middle of uh, talking to this girl and it was getting a little like hot over text and, and I just had this thought of, come over me. I'm just like, I am so bored right now. <laughs> and I don't know why that is. And I Even really- Even it was getting hot. It was getting hot and I just was like, and I think it was just maybe the repeated action of having done it, you know, so yeah. many times uh, that I thought, oh God, what does this mean? And so I took a couple of days and I really thought about it. And I was like, I think, I think I hit, I think I hit the wall. I think I hit a block. I think this this chapter of my life of just chasing it for the sake of chasing it mm-hmm. is is done. So I made myself, uh, I, I, I formed a self-imposed uh, vow of celibacy. Mm. for six months yes you did and the six months was so easy shockingly easy that i thought well i should just do a year like was it this is gonna be great that second six months not so easy really yeah it was i don't i don't know what changed i i was i was good about not reaching out to people but there were times where i'd be out at like bars or different social situations where i could feel myself going to that flirtatious period and i'm just like no Hold on, just just go home, have a little self release. You'll feel better in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, but at, but I will say I, I I completed the year and best thing they ever did. Why? Because it it was the transition I realized that I needed. Mm. I I afterwards I've like kind of stopped. I I was able to stop, and because of that, I now I'm not looking for just the 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 quick release. Mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm. I'm. Does it make sense to say, God, that I uh, I'm in the middle of uh, still finding it, the the love language for myself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I'll say to you in the idea of why single people get bored with being single, yes. even though you're getting constant new sim- stimulus. The biggest problem is is that uh, you know it all becomes the same, and the reason why you stop getting energetic bonuses or reward is because you're not investing very much in these people. You know, there's a really big difference between having sex with someone that you just met that you know nothing about because you're just doing a physical activity that neither one of you reveals anything about yourselves. So there's actually not a deep connection Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. However, when you start realizing that the potent drug of being with someone that you really love and care about That sex is so much better. Human beings don't realize the sex doesn't start getting good with someone until after, like, you know, 20 or 30 times. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then you start having sex in a totally different way. And then the drug is even more potent than if you had been hooking up with 20 random people. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you start craving that bigger drug and then enter serial monogamous. Right. Yeah. Difference between being a jack of all trades and being a craftsman at one. Yeah. A master at one. Sure. What What is your preferred love language? Connection. I but mean, that's the biggest thing. From person to person or from person to you? All of it. Yeah. Being present and, and time and, and time. intention. Oh, spending time, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So, like, 
God, in your ideal relationship between you and a person on earth, mm -hmm. how would that person daily show their love for you? I would say it's the same way that you would show love to your partner, like I talked about before. If you were just going about your day, and you stop for five minutes, and you're like, Hey, God, I really, I really dig what you do for me. I really care about you. A metaphorical cuddle, if you will. Yeah, well, not even uh, not going into the physical aspect of just the fact that you took time out of your day to, to express appreciation. I mean, that's beautiful. Who, who, there are some people that that's not enough for. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some people that are like, you know, that, that, that look at gifts as, as a form of love. So, you know, you can give me all the time in the world, but if you don't buy me a big fancy piece of jewelry, how do I know you really care about me? You know, those people exist, but I'm not like that. Sure. What am I going to do with fancy jewelry? Can't wear it. Yeah. Also, it's not valuable. It's only valuable because human beings say it is, and, you know, that doesn't really count for much in my world. Yeah, it's just rocks. Yeah, they're just rocks. Uh, just different rocks. And if we tried to put a ring on it, it would just fall onto the ground. Yeah. Well, you guys all made up that ring thing, too. I don't know what that ownership over each other means. That's right. a whole thing. Well, it makes a good story. Uh you get, sure. a, you get a photo album full of drunken people in tuxedos, you know. Where else are you going to have that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to love the pageantry of weddings. No. Not, not really. Well, because I've watched the pageantry of weddings evolve over the years. You know, so for example, looking at the bride, she wears a white dress mm -hmm. to express her purity, <laughs> if you will. And then her bridesmaids wear ugly dresses to, to fight off evil spirits. You it's know, it's all pretty ridiculous. You know what would when be you, when you're looking at it from my historical perspective. Here's what would be really romantic to me. It would be really romantic to me for the bride to wear and for the husband, both of them, to wear white tux and a white dress, and for every person that they've been with, they put a splotch of ink oh, on it, and they stand Why? there and they look at each other and they say, "Now I choose you." And then maybe all the bridesmaids color in the rest of the dress, so it's all covered no. with ink now. And they're like, I choose the, this Dalmatian. You're the last ink I need. Oh my god, that's sad. Why? That seems like it's powerful. Well, I get what you're saying and the fact that you're saying, you're so significant and important to me that every person I've ever slept with has meant nothing. <laughs> First of all, that's a lie. All right, those person was significant to you in the times that you were with them. All right, I don't know why human beings are trying to sort of like shit on other people in order to make their partners feel better. Because you have to stand on something to get to the next step. How about just reality? How about the fact that your partner couldn't be the person that they are had they not dated all these other people? How about some gratitude for the people they slept with that perhaps trained your partner to do the thing that you really like? Are you sure it's not just rungs on a ladder that, like, you have to cast aside what you have left in your wake in order to build the <laughs> mountain of personhood on which you can erect the idol of your final love? I'm all for you doing whatever sort of lie you want to tell yourself. My biggest thing is don't pretend like facts aren't real. So this isn't your first partner. Mm -hmm. You've been in love before. And anyone that says... Well, it makes me not feel important is denying reality, and you should consider having that person be your partner. If you're dating someone that denies reality that much, you're going to run into some real problems when reality crashes into them, because it's going to happen. So, Blake. Yes, sir. I w wanted to ask you, mm -hmm. how has your approach to courting changed from when you were younger to now? The modern day dating. The modern day dating. Sure, dating. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I have to admit that I have not been on the dating apps in a while. Uh, last time I did it was uh, this uh, with a girl uh, who ended up becoming a, gr a great friend of mine. And I don't think she or I have done a, a dating app date since. Because I think mm. we both have been like, well, this is as good as it's going to get. Sure. I, I, we, we, we found this like great friend that we now have. and How about that? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it happens it's really a lot. Nice. It's really wonderful when it happens. Yeah. There, there's something I used to do that I, I'm, re I'm really kind of ashamed of because I would, you know, really rationalize it when I was much younger, which is I would uh, buy flowers 
And then I would have a friend of mine play a flower delivery person <laughs> to walk yeah. into like the cafe or the bar or wherever this person is working and say like, oh, I have a flower delivery for this. And I would just be like, hey, you know, what? If, if they turn me into this romantic Prince Charming, that's on them. It's not me uh-huh. or whatever. But it's totally on me. <laughs> that, was, that, that was my doing. Yeah, it's know? like walking around holding a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're beating them. Yeah, 90% of the time, that's the only reason men have puppies. Yeah. Yeah, nowadays, I'm, I just, I, I like to take a really honest approach because I, I, as I get older, I find that more and more men don't. I don't know if this is like a, a, a fair segue into this, but uh, I was going through a, a breakup recently and I, I, have, I have a question to pose to both you and, and you know, the, our Lord and Savior. I'll yeah. do my best, but we know he'll do uh, his Don't best, say so. Savior, but sure. Well, is... Is authentic romantic love possible? Oh, yes. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Oh my. I don't know if it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah. It's probably the real version of love. I mean, all of the other things, in you know, there's no such thing as inauthentic love. That's not actually love. Okay. Yeah. I just, the, the reason I ask is because I've, like, since this breakup, I've started thinking about it and I've thought like, you know, from... Almost from the time we're born, we are taught by like family and friends and teachers, whomever, um, that when you go out into the world, you're supposed to present the best version of yourself. That's how society works. Mm-hmm. And then you go about your life, and then you meet, and then you know you start to partner up. And I think that we forget that that person is doing the same thing that we are. They're presenting the best version of ourselves. Sure. Well, so, younger people are. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder. That, you know, at, you know, one, five, ten years down the road, how many couples actually wake up and just go, I can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. I just, I can't be the man or the woman of your dreams anymore. And so I, so I, and there's just an inauthenticity that comes with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is this is something you're experiencing now that you're going to grow out of. You look at people in their sort of. So it gets better. Uh, well, it gets more authentic. Okay. Because you start to value different things. So as you get older, you start getting into a place that sort of Zach is talking about, where, man, it costs a lot of energy to go out into a club to have small-top conversations with nonsense people you don't know about. And you realize you're not getting very much from it. And then you start to really form your own identity, and then you expect the same thing from the other person. And... It is more valuable for you to have a night at home staring at your significant other than it is to put on a show for them and, like, mm. you know, try to present something else. Okay. Mm. Uh, I had a question uh, for you, God. Sure. When is it, when do you know that it's okay to say I love you? And I mean that for romantic or for friendship. When you know, you can say it. It doesn't guarantee anything. The other person might might not be on the same page as you. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't mean you shouldn't say something that you feel is true. Yeah. You know, when when we're talking about love just being a a really deep-seated connection to somebody, you know, the people that get scared of something like that Mm -hmm. either feel that the situation is out of balance, meaning like they don't feel as connected to you as you do to them. So they might not want to hurt you or, you know, they might then feel the pressure to be where you're at. And then that sort of scares people. Sure. But you should never shy away from saying to somebody that you're valuable and important to me and I feel a close bond to you. Because if that person then says, oh, my God, get out of here. Good riddance. Yeah, then you know. Then you know, and then you don't. Information. Yeah. Right. You can't trick people into these things. Have you, Blake, ever encountered a situation where you said, I love you, and the other person wasn't able to reciprocate it? Oh, absolutely. I said it, and I heard nothing. Mm. And then afterwards, I immediately tried to save it with, I didn't save it. I didn't say it to hear it back. Were you on the phone? Yeah. I was totally on the phone. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was just like, oh, I didn't say it to hear it back. No, no, no. I just, I just wanted to express myself. And then she just goes... Yeah, okay, well, um, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Was that the last time you talked to that person? Uh, it, it, it was the last time I talked to that person for about, I want to say, a year to two years. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, 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 I think we needed to not speak for a long cold winter before we we had the we had the springtime of friendship. Sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm not going to not acknowledge that letting someone know that you have strong feelings for them is not a risk. You're you're opening yourself up and you're saying I am vulnerable. I am willing to let you in and and that's sort of what the declaration of I love you is saying is I already feel this bond with you. I would actually love to see if the bond can go even deeper. And, you know, some people jump on that and some people don't. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that say it at the wrong time, mostly because they're trying to take something from the other person or trying to inflict their will. And they would know it was the wrong time if they were paying any attention to what the other person's wants, needs, desires. You know, there's a lot of people that miss a hundred red flags and social cues yeah, that sure. maybe this isn't the right moment. But it, they imagined it and they wanted to say it. The stars were right. I, I, I wonder sometimes, I've been thinking about this a little bit lately, about the idea of American individualism, about how we encourage people to uh, uh, achieve instead of attach. Mm. We perpetuate this idea that we should look down on the quote-unquote needy people, mm-hmm. right? And we should, you know glorify and lionize self-made individuals. But the thing with self-sufficiency is that once you achieve that, I think one of the side effects of of self-sufficiency is isolation. Sure. And then isolation can lead to anxiety, depression, narcissism, you know, whatever, whatever. And then you in turn become one of the needy people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just in a different way. Yeah. So is it, is it because of that, that we are not nearly in touch with our emotional selves as we, we should be? You've sort of tapped on to a lot of different reasons why. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the main reasons that we sort of talked about before when you were in, you, you were in your, uh, your single phase is everyone, in a, especially in America, they want the magic bullet experience, meaning you want to put a little bit in and yeah. get a lot out of something. And that also means that by you not sacrificing, you not making yourself vulnerable, you're trying to cheat people. You're trying to have them give you everything while you simultaneously give them nothing. And the thing that you're not realizing is you are simultaneously shooting yourself in the foot because you have never invested or learned how to invest or build those muscles to be vulnerable and learn how to be safe. You don't have the capacity to feel as deeply and you don't have the capacity to love as deeply. That's a big thing. Love is a muscle. And being vulnerable is also a muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say, with with Valentine's Day being tomorrow, are are you at all upset, God, that uh, Cupid is the uh, poster child for love and romance and Valentine's Day, and you are not? Being no, <laughs> no. Am I upset that a made up cherub is is the figure face of a marketing campaign? No, I don't think much about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure you're more than happy to be not associated yeah, 100%. with Yeah, 100%. Well, here's what I'll say. There's a lot of people that put Valentine's Day on a pedestal. Those people are often people that their partners don't make them feel significant any other day of the year. And so Valentine's Day is really important. There are also a lot of people that shit on Valentine's Day, you know, and say, you know, why are we picking this one day to be romantic? You should, you know, be romantic all the time. And... What I'll say is there's a happy medium, which is be romantic all the time. And here's a special day to, you know, be romantic again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I think it's certainly fun to have a treat on Valentine's Day. And I agree with your happy medium premise there. The thing that gets me the most, you know, annoyed about Valentine's Day is that it seems like we just came off of this incredibly capitalistic time <laughs> and then there's another thing where we have this to spend more money incredibly and... capitalistic yeah like every holiday yeah but yeah. there's a couple back to back i mean there's thanksgiving which you know you spend money on the trips to get to wherever you're going yeah. and then there's christmas which is christmas and then valentine's day just kind of hits you blindsides you well the thing that i laugh about about valentine's day which is sort of Again, the saddest shooting yourself in the foot kind of things is the whole purpose is to be romantic. And the way that most people, the majority of people express their romance 
is by buying generic things and doing generic things for their partner. Mm-hmm. Here is a box of chocolates. I was told by somebody on a marketing campaign, this is what you want. I know nothing about you and who you are, except that you want this generic thing, which I can purchase at any store. They enjoy also, the, flowers. They enjoy the feeling of love more than actually being in love, maybe. No, they're just checking the box. They're um, like, isn't it great that I did the thing for you on the day I was supposed to? Mm-hmm. I love you and you're really important to me. One of my favorite Valentine's Days that Ariel and I had was, uh, it was a few years ago, and I just, I was in a CVS, and I just noticed how much crap there was. Sure. Just so, so I just bought one of, like, all the dumbest things I could find. <laughs> yeah. I bought the biggest balloon, a teddy bear, and, like, all of this traditional Valentine stuff. And we just made it a kitschy mess. Yeah. It was really that's fun. Cute. But that's yeah. you being ironic about it, because you two are not those people. Right. And, and I felt a little Gen X-y about it. I was like, yeah, you know, fuck the man. But yeah. it, it turned out to be legitimately fun. Just, you know. Right, because that's and... you playing pretend of like, wouldn't it be fun if we were just regular people? Let's see. Let's let's put those shoes on for a second and see. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and you get hopped up on sugar and Sure. You know, well, yeah. the, 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 you mentioned your relationship, and this is something I, I, a question I had for you, because I've never dated somebody as long as you have, and you are also dating somebody who is uh, pursuing a dream out here in the, in the city, of, city of Angels. Sure. Uh, does the pursuing of the dreams, has the struggle to f- keep the romance going despite your separate um, uh, attempts at, at, at pursuing a dream? Uh has it evolved as the relationship has evolved or has like the struggle to like find that balance? Has it remained the same? What I'll tell you is that it's act- the most rewarding thing for me is to see both of us flourish. Mm. There's nothing yeah. that makes me happier than seeing her do something awesome. Yeah. Okay. And I've never felt that before because I think earlier in my romantic life, I was super jealous. I was just a jealous person. Mm. Um, and I still have that in me, but I don't think I ever in my early 20s would have been like, you know, wanting to to celebrate somebody else and to like lift them up because I was so concerned about myself and, and it, afraid of them growing out of me or leaving me or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, it feels different now because I get so much joy out of um, her being wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And I get to like sit there and be impressed by her too. It's just the coolest to to be amazed by stuff that she does. Well, that's one of the biggest traps that people fall into in long-term relationships is because of that deep connection, you want to protect it. And so what you start doing is you start whittling away at your partner about everything that makes them amazing and sexy and, you know, important so that they're not very good prizes so that they'll never leave you. You are so afraid to loosen your grip that you didn't let them flourish. Right. Yeah. And then you go, why don't I feel that special feeling anymore? It's like, because now you have feelings for a wilting flower that you made. That's very astute. If you, if you love someone... <laughs> Thanks, I've been around for a while. Ah, I, <laughs> yeah. can, I can see why you have this job. Sure. Yeah, no, it's like, uh, it's true. It's like if you love someone, you want them to grow, but they don't get to, or you don't get to define how that happens. They do. Right. Yeah. yeah. But let but letting go of that want to control is so liberating. It's just been really rewarding to discover that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Why don't we get to some audience questions? Oh, yeah. Please. All right. Well, first audience question, and this is this might as well be a question from me too. Uh, Blake, do you have any good date suggestions? Oh, uh, best first date suggestion: people take them to a comedy club, because humor <laughs> is the most important thing, and you will find out what she finds he or she finds funny, oh. but more importantly, what he or she does not find funny. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's a fun recon. It, it is exactly. I like that a lot. Yeah. God, have you been, uh, yeah, have you, any date ideas? Oh, yeah, I have so many date ideas, but, but what I will say is the best first date, there, uh, it's a two-part thing. One, a really good first date is sharing something that you're really passionate about. If they don't like it, that's your answer. Uh-huh. But you want it to be something that you 
really love and that's that's your first step is saying hey i'm letting you into my world just a little bit the other thing that i would say is a good first date is do something active mm -hmm. meaning you're gonna have lulls in the conversation people are terrified of those lulls but you're not scared about having those lulls with good friends or if you're on a thing that's not a date it's just you put this pressure on yourself when there's a date so if you go hiking or something you know, if the conversation stops, you're just hiking now. Yeah. And then you will immediately pick up, you know, conversation later on. One thing I will say you shouldn't do is, you know, there's this whole dinner in a movie. Mm -hmm. You're shooting yourself in the foot in both of those situations. Yeah. You're going to see a movie, which is, you know, you know how I want to get to know you. Let's sit next to each other in the dark. Face forward. Face forward, yeah. not saying anything. Be silent. That's a really great way for us to form a connection. And then the food thing is, you know, again, you're on a first date, so the whole thing that you're doing is staring at each other with all this pressure to have good, meaningful conversation. It's mm -hmm. a lot. Talking with your mouth full, too. Yeah. If yeah. you're in a place, I will say this because I agree with you, but if you're in a situation where maybe it's the only option, dinner in a movie is just what you do or something like that, or you've already decided to do dinner in a movie, do the movie and then dinner. So you can talk about the movie at dinner. Yeah, sure. Or if you're going to a movie, like movie hop, steal tickets and go into different show times and stuff like that. and just Do go something look at, dangerous together. Yeah, get a poo-poo platter of movies yeah. and then go talk about it over dinner. Yeah. Or over the arcade that should be still in the lobby. Sure, yeah. Here's a great first date idea. Yeah. Go rob a bank together. That's active. Yeah. <laughs> That's really active. Form a plan. You guys are in it till the end. And wear cheesecloth over your face so you don't have to worry about the pressure of, do they think I'm attractive? Sure. And yeah. agree and agree on a drive-away song beforehand. What's the drive-away song? Just, just, you when, you, when, you, when, you're, when you're leaving the uh, bank. Oh, you got to do something like, I don't know, Welcome to the Jungle or something like that. That's that'd, that'd, that'd be a good one. I'd probably you're do... in the jungle, baby. Yeah. You're going to die. <laughs> Well, it's a morbid first date, but... I was just as surprised when he sang it for the first time. <laughs> Came out of nowhere. Uh, another audience question. Why do we even have romance when mating is just a biological thing? That, was, that makes me think of the... Uh, I know he's not the most PC guy to mention right now, but that makes me think of the ending of... Uh, it's one of my favorite endings to a movie ever is, is Annie Hall. The ending to... You know, do you remember that? I can't remember it. I've seen it. The ending is it. he tells a joke about uh, he's he's like there's an old joke about a guy who goes to see a psychiatrist he goes doc you got to help me my my brother thinks he's a chicken and his doctor just goes well why don't you just turn him in and he just goes well I would but I need the eggs <laughs> and he said and he's like and that's how I think I look at romantic relationships now is is they're crazy and irrational and absurd but we keep going through them because we need the eggs huh. yeah yeah I would say. The biological aspect of sex and romance serve different purposes. You link them together because you want one to ultimately lead to the other, but romance is about building a bond with your partner. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can romance your partner and never have it end in sex. Or you can have sex and never be romantic. The, the, the two are only tied together because they sometimes share a relationship with each other. Yeah, they, they're tied together because we tell a story about them being tied together. Yeah, essentially. yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, you can romance your friends. You're just, you're just making that person feel like they're a significant part of your life. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Why does it feel so uncomfortable to think of romancing your friends? Because your society tells you weird things. Mm. Yeah. You have this culture built around... Don't ever be intimate and vulnerable with other people unless you want to have sex with them. Then it's okay. It's but you're realizing, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast, you have a lot of love for people in your life that are not just your partner. Yeah. You love multiple people. Yeah. You're only having sex with one. I'm polyamorous in that way. <laughs> sure. I love you. Yeah. I love you too. And yeah. I'm not, uh, I, I don't feel guilty about expressing that pretty liberally. Because life is short. Great. Yeah. And I would rather say I love you to somebody than not. Yeah. I'll say that. And it feels really good. Yeah. It feels really good to just be seen, essentially, yeah. and be cared about. That's something that drives me crazy about people, exactly what you're talking about. 
everybody loves and appreciates this thing, and yet you all feel so weird about doing it for each other. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know they'd say yes. You know your friends would, would love for you to go, hey, let's go get massages right now. Who's going to turn that down? I'm not. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah. But you don't do it. If the human race all of a sudden turned around and started just being good to each other, wooing and having romance for your friends and, and you know, stop trying to, to, to undermine other people and be shitty, that would make my lifetime. Well, everybody, this has been um, a lovely, pun intended, and enlightening why God why. I actually <laughs> feel very enriched, and I feel like a weight has been lifted because it's just nice to have out there that it's okay to be free with your love. Yeah. My heart please. is pounding. Please do, yeah. Uh, Blake, where can we find you? You got a, you got an Insta? I got an Insta. Uh, at It's Blake Berlin for your, all your uh, romantic queries. And you've got something on, <laughs> um, on Amazon Prime right now, right? I do, yes. Uh, it's a, um, a film called, when you look it up, it's called The Things That Haunt Us. And uh, it's a collection of uh horror short films um and the one i'm in is called smile and i play uh play a, a rapist and am being uh tortured by a bunch of vigilante witches before being sacrificed by the devil and i'm particularly proud of this one my god yeah what a journey well thank you for joining us so much thank you for as having always. me as always you can find us at at why god podcast on twitter and you know Go to iTunes and like and subscribe. And, you know, on this Valentine's Day, you know, you're not spending it alone. Go do something with a friend. Any date idea that you were going to do trying to get laid, just just make a friend feel good about themselves and their lives. All right, everybody. Catch you next time. Bye.